listener production. Spread your jams and drizzle your syrups. Why is it so sticky? It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. A very happy Wednesday to you and a very happy Wednesday to those of you working on your Riz. It is word of the year, Matt, for the Oxford Dictionary. You you, you didn't want the Macquarie to do it. Oxford did it to you, mate. Riz. I, I actually quite like the word Riz. It's just a, it's so not... My, uh, as a 38-year-old man now, Riz is way past my kind of lexicon. Do you know what I mean? I just don't think it's it's not something that I it's not something that I say nor do anymore. <laughs> I am I am hundred percent riz free. I've got to tell you. So I you either know riz or you know your whiz fizz, which was a very popular uh, lolly in the nineties, like little yes. sherbet on the, the tiniest shovel known to man. Yeah, there. So in case you don't know, um, it defines. Riz, the Oxford Dictionary, just defines it as style, charm, or attractiveness. Mm. Uh, it's derived from charisma. Uh, so, yes, largely lacking here in the Matt and Alex All Day <laughs> Breakfast podcast. Be... Although you've got a, you've got some Riz Daiso that you're going to tell a story about. You've been risen, oh, mate. You want Daiso's Riz? I've got parental Riz <laughs> coming Daiso's out the wazoo. Got big time mummy Riz. <laughs> um, which could be the, uh, the Oxford Dictionary phrase for 2024 if things keep going the way they're going because a rizzle me this is what I was thinking when I saw when I heard this story that Alex Dyson shared off mic and then I thought, nah, I want to hear this on mic. So, uh, so yeah, well, you're going to hear what he was talking about soon. We've got someone with plenty of comedy and theatrical riz as well, Michelle Berezia, who's going to be joining us on the show. Always a pleasure to hang out with her. Shall we jump in? And speaking of the best riz at all... We're chatting Briz Vegas <laughs> up next. This is Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. So if you're having a good one. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. What on earth, Matt O'Kine, is going on in the beautiful city of Brisbane? Oh. Because I've been seeing news coming out of there. Well, it's meant to be a big happy occasion. Olympics coming to town in nine years. Um, the city's tearing itself apart. The mayor's angry with the premier. Yeah, look, it's it's a bit frustrating because I mean, really, let's let let's face it, let's face it. The Olympics is the best thing that could happen to this city. <laughs> oh my no? goodness, this is the biggest thing to be put on the world stage for the greatest event. And yeah, sadly, people are turning on each other because isn't twenty twenty four next year Paris? Year after that, Los Angeles, I think. Mm. And time after that. I don't mean year after that. Year after that, Brisbane. I, I mean, know, I mean, it sounds like one of those joke T-shirts you get <laughs> with like three big cities and one absolute minnow. <laughs> but instead, now suddenly, I mean, people often do say that we are like Australia's Paris. Um, <laughs> Brisbane. <laughs> yeah, you know, you... Uh, mainly because we smell like wee-wee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, I should have said the river smells like wee-wee. Uh, anyways, the, the, point is, the point is, okay, here's, here's what, how the news actually reads. <clears throat> Brisbane's Lord Mayor, Adrian Trinner, has quit the Brisbane 2032 Games Delivery Forum, 
saying the Palaszczuk government had completely lost its way on the road to the Olympics. So basically, he's with, he's withdrawn support. He's the Brisbane Lord Mayor. He's withdrawn support for a $2.7 billion GABA rebuild, all right, um, saying there must be better options. And in a very long statement, he said the Intergovernmental Leaders Forum was a dysfunctional farce oh, and a pointless talk fest. Not pulling his punches. No, he's not mincing his words, is he? Yeah, a pointless talk fest established to placate key stakeholders while all the real decisions are made by the state government behind closed doors. It's clear that the games have become more about overpriced stadiums rather than the promise of vital transport solutions. Now, here's the thing. Here's how I feel about Adrian Trinner. Mm. Um. I like him. Whoa. I respect his uh, his transport focus. He does he does talk a lot about transport. I do believe that he that he regularly wants the best for Brizzy, but um And he reckons don't tear down the Gabba, because that's what they're gonna do. It's like the Brisbane Lions home grounds. They um well, where you host just, the, the Brisbane tests usually I every j- year. I just don't think this is the slam dunk that he might think it is. That's oh. all. It makes it look like we don't know what we're doing, right? <laughs> now, there's a good chance well. that we don't. But you can't show everyone that, all right? You can't let them see behind the curtain, man. Well, you're not the only one. You're not the only state with stadium controversy. I mean, what was meant to be a you know, momentous occasion, a state for so long trying to get their own AFL team, Tasmania, it's been announced they're going to get it. Part of it was we built a stadium so they can host big games at it and everyone can come along. Mm. And the government's putting in money. It's going to happen. Everyone's like, too expensive. And then the words start flying out. The community gets around it because they were at a cost of living crisis. So many people are struggling for homes now and you've got to pour all this money into a stadium. Yes. Hey, look, New South Wales was going to get rid of two of their stadiums and rebuild two of them. They did rebuild the Allianz Stadium. They did. And that was pretty new already. (laughs) I know. So that, that ponged, okay? Yep. And I I thought that was terrible. And the fact that the the other one they were going to rebuild, they only built in the year 2000 for the Olympics. So that, (laughs) that was a stinker, all right? Yeah. But Brisbane has a reason to build it. It's not like they're just deciding to do it. This is like we need to upgrade it for the biggest event in the world. Yeah, they the other one was usually doing it for the, the New South Wales, the Waratahs, which um, you know. The no, shout out to all three of the people rugby. watching those games. <laughs> Sorry, that's mean. No, look, that is important. There's a different controversy with a <laughs> dude getting sacked and all whatnot. But it's pretty pretty crazy that Gold Coast pulling out of the Commonwealth Games as well. Uh, I know in Melbourne there was they, they were going to rebuild the Southern Stand, which is now the Shane Warne Stand of the MCG, at the cost of one billion dollars. I'm like, it's not that bad. Imagine yeah. what a billion dollars could do. Imagine what you and I Matt, could do with a billion dollars. I mean, imagine how many footpaths we could have in this city. Maybe I am on a Adrian's side. We got streets in this in this town with no footpaths. Yeah, but you got have big athletes running running up and down them. I mean, we just okay. How do we solve this problem? How do we? I know, I got, I've got it. Because every city in Australia is facing this problem. They rebuilt the big Perth one, you know, that was a billions of dollars. They want to do the Mind you, New Stadium does... in Tassie. The Gold Coast aren't doing the games. They probably need one for a big stadium. Brisbane wants a new one. What we do, all right, we build one in Alice Springs. I mean, middle of Australia, plonk it there. Everyone can go and use it. Just you know? a massive super stadium, like 
Like, like a total of all of the stadiums combined, 500,000 seaters. Yes, exactly. Put all the money that we we're going to spend on all these other stadiums and new stands and all of that, put it into one Alice Springs Stadium. Because then, like, you know, the great thing about Alice Springs, isn't that the only place in Australia where they do a... Uh, the, uh, where the race on the river is cancelled when there's water in it because they do that little run down, the, down yep. the river there. Okay. So the rowing could be on a dry riverbed. Do you know, what's, you know what would be really great as well? Getting home. Um, because classically, getting home from an event, from a stadium, is always so much fun. If we add a five-day drive to that, it would just be the best Game ever. Well, we just do fast rail from every city from there into the middle. Done. All right. No, you got a you got a good idea. Let's change it. Alice Springs, twenty thirty two. All right. Come on, Daiso. Spill the beans. The mics are on. What do you want to know? I got no beans to spill. I think I think producer Bronze been out in a out in a bloody. Hydroponic lab growing a few beans. <laughs> She's the one with the beans, mate. You could get a you, your buddy see a giant at the end of what you grow from your beans, mate. Oh, bro, Come they on, call Jack. me Rowan Atkinson. I miss the bean, son. <laughs> <What's>, <laughs> what is going on? Okay, this all starts because off air, bronze like oh, um, someone who we work with, <laughs> M. Uh, who used to work on the show. Used to do our social media, yeah. Yeah. Until she moved up to smaller and worse things instead oh, of bigger wow. and better things. <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> um, what everyone who leaves this show does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's only one way direction. One direction you go from that and Alex's show, straight downhill. <laughs> we were just chatting and then Bron said, what did you say, Bron, that, that M's dad showed Alex Dyson, what was it? A like a version, I believe. I'm just asking. I wanted to hear it from the horse's mouth. And so this immediately, immediately, I'm like, what the hell are you doing hanging out with M's dad? Oh, don't you go and visit your co-workers' parents sometimes? Literally (laughs) never. (laughs) Haven't you hung out with your friend's parents before? Okay, explain yourself. What on earth? You don't even live in the same city. All right, well, it all started back when M's said, my parents are moving to Melbourne. Do you want to come and inspect a house for me? I know you like inspecting properties. Now, we've talked about that on the show before. (laughs) She sent me the property that they were looking to inspect, and it is one I had had my eye on for about nine months that had gone off the market. It was back on. I said, I'm there. (laughs) Anyway, go along. Em walks in, gets the FaceTime out, starts showing her parents through there. It's like, there's the living room. There's this one. Uh, Oh, there's Alex. There's this. And they're like, who the hell's Alex? (laughs) Yeah, is this is this our is this our daughter's new suitor? New suitor? Uh, no, originally is this they the guy who's the... going to be sharing the spare bedroom. <laughs> originally, they thought I was the real estate agent. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you do have strong real estate agent vibes, my friend. I do give off that energy. Anyway, yeah. afterwards, I was like, no, he's just checking you out. I sent my thoughts through to M, and she's like, I'll pass them on to my mum. So I sent them through to Sue. Sent them to Sue, and then um. Yeah, when I look at see a good property, I'd just send it through to Sue. Um, <laughs> just skip the middleman. Go skip the middleman to M, the buyer. I gradually phased <laughs> M out of the conversation. <laughs> I just started communicating directly <laughs> with Sue. Um, anyway, I was up in Sydney recently, and they live up on the northern beaches. I've never been there before. And Sue had said, oh, whenever you're in town, go, you know, hit us up. So 
I had to be something on Tuesday. I had something else on Saturday in the city, in the interim, nothing going on. So I'm like, oi, Sue, got a spare room? She's like, this the towel's un- there ready for you, mate. This is unbelievable. So I, caught, I caught a bus from Wynyard to Monavale, never been there before, and um, went and stayed with uh, Sue and Peter for the night. Bron, are you as gobsmacked as this sort of <laughs> behaviour as I am? Yes, I, I am. You don't touch your friend's parents? My friend's parents, maybe. Very occasionally. I certainly don't invite myself over to their houses. My mate calls my dad on a Sunday when he's off, when he's driving over, he's driving to work. I don't think I'd hang out with my best friend's parents one-on-one. Yeah, I saw I'd never been there before. Got a very nice invite. Very nice people. That's I nice. barely enjoy staying at my friends' houses. You know how <laughs> you know how difficult it was to even get me to stay at you, with you, Daiso. I had to buddy turn it into some sort of luxury Airbnb <laughs> to get you to come around to my place. You did have the rolled up towel. I was very impressed. So yeah, that's that's what I did. Which leads to your original question, Bron. Yeah. So this is what I heard that he tried to show you a like aversion that you were a part of. Well, <laughs> Peter turned on the TV and he was like, had the, had the YouTube up. He's like, oh, have you seen this? Gets on, incredible performance of Matt Corby Chains. And it starts playing. I'm like, yeah, I have. Um, oh, in fact, there I am. And I'm <laughs> sitting in the room watching it. <laughs> so he'd watched it before, didn't connect the two that I was, I was the host of that particular segment for seven years. Uh, so... <laughs> That was quite funny. Very, oh, very my nice goodness. People. Well, shout out to Sue and Peter, was yep. it? Shout out to Sue oh, and Peter. Oh, look, and who knows? Maybe next time I'm in town, you'll have you roll the towel out for me, eh? Oh, if you want to go, very hospitable and people. Sophia, you do have to. And Belinda. You do have to look out for their great Dane scout, though, Matt. I would oh. not recommend you visiting, given your stance on dogs. Yeah, that's a hard no from me. Hotel, Sue, it is. Sue literally said, yeah, you're more than welcome to say, but our dog is a pain. Does not like other people. In fact, didn't t- it took three months for M to gradually win win the dog over? A great pain. A great pain. Yes, indeed, Ron. <laughs> Ring the pun bell. So, but um, I did take a video of me waking up the morning after and opening my door. I'll play it for you here. saying morning to Peter. <laughs> I kept going until I made it into the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a nice relaxing stay, Daiso. It's good stuff. Um, all right. Yep. Shout out to Sue and Peter. Shout out to M. And shout out to you. And Matt if you've Alex got a, a oh. parent or parents that you want me to stay with, please text through their details to matt.and.alex. Well, better than this, when have your parents bloody... Hijacked your friend. <laughs> when have they stolen your friendship? Yeah, you know what I mean. When have you? When have they ditched you, the middleman, and just become besties, Matt? At dot Matt at at Matt dot and dot Alex. It's all good. We've only been doing this for three and a half years. <laughs> we got there. All day breakfast.
Well, Matt, it's time to welcome to the all-day breakfast airwaves one of our favourite performers. Comedically, musically, she can do it all and she's performing a show in Sydney at the Wharf Theatre on the 25th and 26th of Jan next year. Michelle Brazier joining us live from her messy home. Toot toot! <laughs> and I say you... it, Michelle, because you, like many people, will go into, oh, my God, it's such a pigsty. We get in someone's car. No, it's just so dirty. It's not at all. I can confirm. I'm trying to hide most of it from you. I've had Zach Zucker from America staying here and he is he's a chaotic clown and I'm in his room. Oh right. Well, what is what's the sort of not to expose anyone's bad habits, but what's the sort of uh, bizarre living habit of Zach that you've noticed that you don't necessarily <laughs> oh connect God. with? No, it, everything's fine. It's just he's in my tiny little office where he doesn't have much space. But also, you know, clowns carry a lot of props. So when you said chaotic clown, that was his actual job description, not you That's just sort of job. insulting him. No. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of props does he have? Does he have like, you know, wands that turn into bouquets of flowers? And like, does he have a tiny unicycle? No, he's not a magician or like a... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> no worries. Uh, what's about your show, Average Bear? This, this is the show that has like won awards around the world and sold out everywhere, and is just such and like it's. I love the show. Um, Thank have you. seen it, and it is so moving. For anyone who hasn't Thank seen you. it, can you um can you just give us a quick rundown about what it's about? Yeah, it's a personal story about my family. Basically, I, I lost my brother and my dad uh, both to cancer and I've been told that I have a 97% chance of getting the same cancer and sort of that story, but it's also told with through through the lens of this bear that's afraid of hibernation. And it's all, you know, there's, there's live songs, it's metaphors, but this version of the show is going to be bigger and better, which is really exciting. How so? We've got a string section. What? I thought yeah, you were going to say crazy? you've got a real bear. You've got a real bear. Sorry, I wasn't, I wasn't clear. The strings, the violinist is a bear, like a real bear. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be so beautiful. I can't, I can't believe they're letting me do it at Sydney Festival. That's so fancy. String section is like, uh, like, that's like I have wanted to perform with a string, you know, orchestra thing forever. That, that's me like too. life goals. I know. It's going to be quite mad. I'm probably just going to yeah. cry the whole time. It uh, won't be the a good the show. only issue is here, Michelle, <laughs> you know, you're getting these like classical music performers. They're coming in. They're so good at what they do and they can sight read so well. And they come and they wear like tails on suits and stuff like that. And they sit down <laughs> and their hair is always so straight and the collars are so crisp and they come and sit down. And then you're going to have to hand them the sheet music for the song called Fingering Shed. <laughs> How is that going to work? You know, I actually did my song about wanting to uh, have sex with the character Aladdin with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra once. So I think, you know, I can do it. I've done it before. I can do it again. It was That was quite astonishing, just getting emails from the, the guy being like, all right, I've finished the arrangements. Uh, at this point in the song, I'm like, oh, God, will you fillet the microphone? Did you want us to, the timpani there, what would you... <laughs> did you? Did your school actually have a fingering shed? It did. Yeah, it did. It's it's gone now, which is like, I don't know where, where the teenagers are meant to go. Like, Hang on a second. The Surely open. the council could have heritage listed this thing in Wagga. <laughs> I think so <laughs> too. Have some respect for your alumni. <laughs> like, I never got asked to talk at that school. I can't imagine why. Yeah, that's it. Well, it is full part of this this big show, Michelle, which when I first saw it, it's, I think, one of the 
only comedy shows or shows that I've been into that's got a stand-in ovation in it. Mm. It is that good. When something like the pressure builds up around something like that, can does it sort of change your association with the show? Do you feel like more nervous, less nervous? How do you feel about something when things go really well like that? It makes me feel confident that it's good, but also confident that there will be people coming in to be like, okay, well, what's the fuss, you know? Mm. Oh, but, yeah, suddenly the expectation is the enemy of um, <laughs> yeah, surprise, yeah. Exactly. And, you know, it's a show that I'm doing. I've been doing it now for a few years and I've written a bunch of shows since. And I've, you know, I'm a, I've become a better writer and I and and so I there's bits in it where I'm like, oh, i got to keep this because people really love it, but, like, maybe I wouldn't have written it exactly in this way now or... It's things like that, but I just try and let people have the experience and let my ego get out of the way. Otherwise, I just will just be so worried about what they're thinking the whole time. What's a what's a joke that's sort of changed or aged? It hasn't aged quite the way that you would expect it to. Don't have to say oh. the joke, but it's sort of explain. Is there something that's... Oh, that's a great question. I'm trying to think. There's not really anything. I think it's just the handling of, like, the bear character and how often she pops in. And I sort of talk about it at the end of the show now anyway, about how I used to have lots of more of her and then I took her out. But, um, yeah, I did the show in London this year and it was amazing. It was, it was so magnificent. What an experience. But I had one review that was like, there's, like, not really very much bear in this. <laughs> and I was I like, was oh. promised bear. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Right, I've not been clear. Um, sorry. <laughs> so maybe I just need to be clearer about the bear and its function. Well, what about you... the TV show The Bear? Is there many bears in that? Honestly, not a single bear. It's, you know. Has that reviewer gone on and criticised that show for the same I'd reason? I imagine. I hope so. Otherwise, that's actually sexist. Mm. Did, Even did though you, it was a woman. you wear, you've, the poster, you've got the, um, the, the sort of bear ears and the actual kind of bear yes. costume-ish. Is this a new addition? Because for some reason I can't remember seeing the full-blown bear outfit in, uh, in, in the original. Oh, yeah. No, I wear the... It's, it's literally just... Um, Bear ears, and then I take my pants off because bears don't wear pants, like mm. Winnie the oh, Pooh, okay, yeah. etc. No, that's, that's um, a fair call. But the rest of it is just, yeah, it's just the bear ears, but you notice it a lot when I do the show when I have my hair curly and it looks like I'm wearing sort of so, some sort of fur, which is <laughs> just my hair. That's <laughs> great. So, I mean, how are you feeling about, you know, because I know that when you do a show for this, like this long, it, it can, and especially when it's something that is so um, impactful to you, you know, you're talking about grief and the loss mm. of your dad and your brother. Do you find that it still st stirs up emotions for you? And, um, you know, what, when are moments where they, that can be quite overwhelming? I think just the audience reaction, you know, seeing people cry. There's a, there's a part in the show where I sing one particular song a cappella, and that's like... I guess the saddest part of the show and I always hear people crying and when I can hear people crying that's when I feel really like oh I just want to reassure them I want to stop and be like it's okay there's a there's a laugh coming I've got you you're going to be able to let this out in a second just breathe through this and you I've got a laugh for you but like yeah I, I'm more it's more about the audience now because even when I first started doing the show I was like I can't tell this story well I can't make a good show if I'm just going to get out there and be feeling all my feelings and crying at an audience that like that's therapy that they're paying to give me. Like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so I, I was in a place where I could just, I could do it and it wasn't going to affect me before I started doing it. So it's more just mm. their reactions. But when I have like family and so like when my sister-in-law 
my brother's partner saw it. And when my nephews, my brother's sons saw it and things like that. My brother's friend, his best friend in London came to see it. And we did it at Soho Theatre and um, he was sat right in the front row and he was like lit by the stage lights. And it was just like doing it for him. And he looks exactly like my brother. And I went up to him before the show and I said, hey, I can move you if you want. Like we can swap you your seats if you want. And he said, no, I want to be here. And I was like, you know what it's about, right? He was like, yeah, I know what it's about. I was like, okay. Um, So that sort of thing can be really emotional, watching other people go through whatever they're going through, whether it's because of their personal connection to me or because they're losing someone or they've lost someone or they're, I get a lot of people who are uh, dying come to the show, which is really- Whoa, that must be full on. they've, They've got cancer themselves and they're battling cancer. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's really it's an honor to have those people come because you know if you, just because you're dying doesn't mean you don't deserve to have a laugh. Like people mm. take treat you so seriously when there's you know any kind of tragedy in your life, but ultimately it's going to happen to everyone. And just looking at these people and being like, yeah, come on, we'll have a bit of a laugh about funerals and about chemo and about all the shit things about it. Like let's just talk about it because you can't become untouchable when you're dying. Like that's when you should be touchable. That's when you should be able to be laughing and, and to make jokes about the darkness because that's what you're going through. So I think it's it's really, it can be really freeing for some of those people and, and it's an honour for me. But I do, you know, I, I put that on my back and I go, all right, I'm going to, I'm really going to give you a good time if I can because I don't know how much time you have. But that's, the, that's true of all of us. We can mm. get hit by a bus. That's absolutely right, Michelle. Fingers crossed not. Well, well, hopefully we don't get hit by a bus before we get to see your show. Yeah, check on, us, guys. Uh, <laughs> Sydney on the 25th and 26th of January. Uh, it's so funny because conversations lead to that point, but if you were like skipping through our podcast and just get to get to it, well, hopefully you don't get hit by a bus before you see Average Bear at Wharf One Theatre on the 25th and 26th of January. It should be great, Michelle. Thank you. No, it really is a brilliant piece of work. Can't wait to see it. Thank you again, Michelle. We'll catch you next time. Thank you, my friends. <laughs> And thank you for listening to another Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. We sincerely hope we get to see you same time, same place tomorrow. Until then, bye-bye. That's it. The All Day Breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.